This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, folks. Welcome to a brand new episode of You Love to See It, the podcast where we watch movies and TV shows and tell you about them. This week, we watched uh, the brand new film that was supposed to be out in theaters, but it's out on demand on Amazon and other platforms. It's Scoob. And you have to say it, Scoob, because there is an exclamation point. Scoop, scoop, Uh, scoop, scoop. Me and the boys (laughs) hollering from the back room. Scoop, 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 scoop. Uh, the new Scooby-Doo and crew movie, but it's so much more than that. To get into it, uh, let's uh, let's dive in. I am John Warren, the editor-at-large of Fanby.com. With me is managing editor. Ooh, I've got some mucus in the back of my throat. Yeah, what is happening, bud? I didn't even notice it. You got so I got nasally, so, so nasally, fast. so fast. That was really disgusting. Hi. That was remarkable. That was really bad. That was bad for the listeners at home, I bet. But you know what? We're going to keep going. Uh, with me also is uh, managing editor of fanbyte.com steven strong hi newly tone deaf editor of fanbyte.com because i didn't notice anything <laughs> change about your voice whatsoever uh, but i That's... did notice some changes in the voices of the person who played shaggy in this movie and we'll tal't about that i'm sure <laughs> yeah it's that's fair uh also joining us the social editor nikki grayson hello hello um so this this film is really interesting because i i guess i feel i feel like i've heard about it for a long time um because it was supposed to start the uh what is it called the Hanna Barbera shared yeah. cinematic universe the hb hbs <laughs> the hb sc hb hbsc h hyphen b mhm yeah sc u the a- or or the hbcu and I, mm. the historically back colleges <laughs> <Yes. laughs> And I have to, and I have to be, uh, I have to, yeah, I have to be clear. Like, there's no reason to really believe that it won't start that. But it's this is what is supposed to kick it off. So, imagine if back in 2008, Marvel had just said, "Hey, Iron Man is supposed to do that," or maybe Universal said, "Hey, this Mummy movie with Tom Cruise in it is going to start <laughs> a whole new thing." Um, or if maybe perhaps also Warner Brothers, the company that made this movie, had been yeah. like. <laughs> You know that Green Lantern? He's gonna be huge. It's gonna be big, y'all. So yeah, Warner Brother, clear, Warner Brothers, clear track record of making these good, good calls. Uh, but let's uh, let's. I'm gonna give you the very uh, brief uh, plot synopsis of, as provided by IMDb. Uh, Scooby and the gang face their most challenging mystery ever, a plot to unleash the ghost dog Cerberus upon the world. As they race to stop this dog apocalypse, the gang discovers that Scooby has an epic destiny greater than anyone imagined. Now, 
I don't really think that properly distills what no, what no. where this movie goes, but uh, but sure, that's fine. Yeah, and also weirdly like spoilery for a synopsis very for the movie. Spoilery, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think what's really interesting just from the jump with this movie is like it is clearly such a like a kids movie. Like this is a a Warner Brothers like this is a kids film, and maybe i'm maybe i'm out of touch but i feel like no child is like you know what i love now in 2020 scooby fucking do yeah yeah no child is this dumb that's also true (laughs) it's no it's so weird because the beginning of this movie is very specifically playing not to like Vincent Price, Batman and the Globetrotters era, Scooby Doo nostalgia. It's it's right. very specifically playing to a pup named Scooby Doo nostalgia right off the bat. Like right. with with the like looks of the characters. It's set. The beginning of the movie opens in a flashback to the '90s. What we are led to believe is the '90s, except for Shaggy does have a smartphone that has Spotify on it. Yeah, that part was so fucking weird. Be- I like I legitimately started the movie over because you I thought, thought missed I something. missed mm-hmm. I thought I missed a time stamp. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I missed like a thing that established what year it was because my guy pulls out a fucking iPhone and like is listening to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. On like it's just so bizarre. Even before that, like the, the the like first song that plays in this movie before we get to the diegetic movie on, or to the diegetic music on Shaggy's phone, it's like a weird sort of like very inoffensive remix of a Tupac song, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. So it's like and it's it's like really trying to make you think. Ah, yes. Remember the '90s. Remember these kind of like very super deformed versions of these characters from a pup named Scooby Doo for the like people who are now in their 20s and 30s, about my age, who are going to be taking their kids to this except then also none of the like setup of the world evokes that time at all except for like a song and it's not even the version of the song that would evoke that kind of nostalgia it's so strange it's so weird yeah and they also i think the implication is that like that happens the beginning of this movie takes place in like 2009 right and yes. like, sure, years, like sure. Shaggy is like twelve, yeah, or like thirteen, <laughs> or, 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 or unclear. Would make them twenty three years. Very old. unclear. I cannot stress enough. It is very yes. unclear how old these Hyper people are. Hyper unclear. It's super unclear because Shaggy looks like he's maybe uh, about twelve years old, but sounds like he's four and a half in the opening of this movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which, but oh, that's the only explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish I had a puppy. Give me a puppy. Which was so sad, too. I was like, oh, oh man, Shaggy. Yeah. Yeah. What's your story? And then he eats floor meat. He eats floor meat. Covered, canonically covered in sand. Right. Yeah. And and hypodermic needles because it's It's Venice Venice fucking beach. Mm -hmm. Okay. Listen. I, I we can't start with a fucking late lunch esque <laughs> like navel gazy uh like LA trip, but just the idea that Venice Beach one is not hazy as fuck. Two yeah. Yeah. is littered with children that are having a good time. Not right. a thing that happens yeah. at Venice Beach. That are having children having a good time alone. Alone. Right. Yes. 
Um, the, the only thing realistic about it is cops giving people a hard time, just like like yes. all over the place. Also, yeah, crucially, this movie full of cops so many oh, yeah. fucking cops in this movie in well, a way that is just like wow well who's gonna arrest the grifters steven i guess so but like jeez <laughs> well yeah i mean like yeah uh, who uh, whom stomachus can we finally trust who's that like one uh, you know public institution that's always gonna have our yeah. back at the end of the day that's right the police the police are there uh but just like it's just this movie this has been a thing in cg movies for a while for like kids movies we talked about this a little bit in slack and nikki came up with the very obvious observation around it but just this is the time that it finally drove home to me that just cg animated kid stuff is fucking rotten with cops these days holy shit between this and onward and zootopia and paw patrol and jesus they're everywhere It's it it legitimately is because cops went away. Mm. Like there was no representation of the police for like five or ten years. Yeah, and then people were like, "But what about the cops?" Yeah, blue lives matter, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that, and then they got back in. Scoob lives matter. And now you can watch Scoob lives matter. And now you can watch a twenty-four a seven stream of Paw Patrol. Like I'm doing right now. <laughs> it, it really does feel like conspiratorial sometimes in the way that like, you know how you go most of your life and you don't, and like, you know, if you're somebody who is my age and maybe not older and go most of your life and it's just like, oh, you, you go to sports games and everybody just like sings the national anthem and holds their hand over their heart or whatever the fuck that people do at sports things. I haven't been right. to one. Uh, and... Then you find out, like, later on that that was, like, bought and paid for by the U.S. military. That was literally, like, a Mm -hmm. thing that they paid money to have happen. Right. It feels like that. It feels like somewhere, like, two, three years from now, we're going to find out that, yeah, like, the police union of Venice Beach decided to, like, pay, like, $35 million to get a bunch (laughs) of different Hollywood studios to include more cops in their shit. It's weird. Sorry. That's a tangent. No, no, no. It's it's definitely a weird... A weird vibe, and then we we see we see the genesis of Shaggy and Scooby's relationship because they bond over food, which you know, big mood. I get that. Mm. Um, and uh, then they become best friends, and they're basically uh, tag-alongs with the rest of the Mystery Machine, and um, that would be, uh, of course, Velma, Fred, and Daphne, and um, <laughs> who are in- who are who are not in this fucking. Just mood. about to say that, yeah, they're in it for fifteen yeah. minutes. <laughs> They are they, so yeah. The most like togetherness we really have with this team is kind of in that beginning scene where they go trick or treating. And uh, first of all, I knew we were in fucking trouble when Velma was like, "I'm Ruth Bader Ginsburg." Okay, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, uh-huh. um, immediately I knew we were in trouble. Which again, what year is yeah. it? Uh huh. Right. Because the mimetic value of Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't happen until like. 2015. Oh, I, 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 dis- I disagree with that. I mean, like, like, well, really? Fucking Parks and Rec was obsessed with Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg like 10 years ago. So, I, I, I mean, that, I, that part of it I get, but it's always been a problem, though. But but also, this movie is like just completely all over the map in terms of its mimetic value on anything because, again, true. the next, like, That's Ruth Bader true. Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the first real person name that we get out of this, I do believe. And then followed, you know, moments later by Simon Cowell, who's the height of whom's, yeah. like, uh, I don't know, cultural cachet was. 
Ah, mm, 15 years ago? Yeah, like, I guess I guess to Nikki's point, it would have made more sense if they had flipped them. Like if Simon Cowell yeah. showed up in 2009 and then Ruth Bader Ginsburg yes. showed up in 2019. That That's true. I would definitely say that. But but like first, like they go to like, I can't stress enough. Just like when you re when you think about Scooby-Doo as a as a conceit for more than, I don't know, a minute and a half. It's really funny to me that it's basically the, the plot of every single Scooby-Doo episode is there is a criminal who has decided to hide their acts by being a ghost. And then, or a Frankenstein yes, or, or a, a werewolf. Frankenst whatever. Something that isn't real. <laughs> or a and, very mean clown. Or a very mean clown. Or, yeah, or a very mean clown. And then, like, the mystery machine is basically just there to basically be, like, terrified. Absolutely terrified. <laughs> But but also aware, seemingly, the entire time that there's basically no way that this is real. And it's probably right. just a grifter trying to scare us. Now, what is, <laughs> like, what is the idea behind a criminal that's just like, I'm going to steal a bunch of um, flat screen TVs. And you know what I'm going to do? Whenever the cops come to the house... I'm gonna rig it like I'm a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then like kids show up and he's like, "Okay, well, it's ghost time anyway." And yeah. um, oh, it didn't work. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I'm under arrest. Oh, neat. Now I think I think that he just got cocky. Mm. He thought they were gonna be easy marks because they were children. It's Halloween, and it was Halloween. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I just don't think that. Uh, he anticipated anyone using the two real axes that he had on his wall at this two-story Victorian-style home in Los Angeles. Yeah, this Rob's Zemeckis' Rob's <laughs> uh, monster house-looking fucking bungalow. <laughs> which cost, it which cost in Los Angeles $4.2 million. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, like, why is my guy stealing TVs? How do you think he afforded it, you know? Yeah, he just... But like he's just well uh, as no he definitely moved in when it was cheap mm, he's old he's an old he, man he he's an older gentleman oh yeah. he inherited it from like an even older generation of person that wasn't taking exactly. care of it and he's like well I can't afford to upkeep this place but I can use it to fuel my crimes and then when when they discover the stuff in the back Shaggy goes well it looks like a Walmart. Yeah, which is again so it's weird. weird. Why is Walmart they bought like? That. I understand they bought it was that. they. I a hundred percent understand why they bought that, but like from a there are no WalMarts in the city. There are literally zero WalMarts in, in California, the city of Los right. Angeles. Just there are basically none. you have to go to Bakersfield before you get to a Walmart. Yeah, like like what is the value yeah. of that? Like why? What? Wh how did they not just say, "Listen, we'll just give it to Best Buy and take less money"? Right. I don't mean to like go off of that tangent off of the uh, the California thing and return to a previous tangent, but no, I do okay. want to just okay, cool. I just want to circle back to one thing that you said, John, which was like the like you coming to the realization of the absurdity of these schemes of, of Scooby Doo villains over and over and over again in real time. The same realization that the people who were gifted the Scooby Doo license came to mm, in like 2005, because like Scooby Doo has been weirdly meta for a long time. Long time. Yes. Yeah. Like Scooby Doo on Zombie Island was a mainstay of my childhood. It was a it was a Cartoon Network uh, in the afternoon sort of uh, uh, just a regular part of the programming, you know? And all the movies that they did thereafter were all 
all just like based around the the whole concept of this time the monsters are real so there's like ghosts and witches and all that stuff and then they got meta again came back around that for like scooby-doo and mystery incorporated which is like super fucking meta where shaggy and velma are dating and velma is really horny uh and hates scooby because uh he keeps getting in the way of shaggy and her making out uh fred is just fred is obsessed with traps like there's the the running joke is that like he thinks every every problem can be solved with a trap and everybody's like no my dude you just need to go talk to this person you don't have to literally trap them and it's very funny and they keep like you know reinventing scooby-doo every two years or so and then they come to this and which is less of a reinvention of scooby-doo and more just like not a (laughs) scooby-doo property like yeah like it is they're using the characters that you know and love to tell a story that you would read on the back of a cereal box. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it's like, but that's the thing is that if they if they didn't reinvent it, what what are you stuck with? You're stuck with an hour and a half of knowing that at the end of this thing, they're going to discover that the ghost is not a ghost. It's just uh, old man uh, Rivers who bought the fucking quarry and wanted to turn it into a a goddamn uh, I don't know a, a sex trafficking ring, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> And like that classic Scooby D, <laughs> that classic Scooby D res- resolution. Well, here, here's actually the th- the place where I thought this was going. So, right. like to put to push the plot forward just a little bit uh, more here. What happens is Scooby and Shaggy get attacked by robots in a bowling alley. It turns out that they've been built by classic Hanna Barbera villain Dick Dastardly of Laugh Olympics yes. and Penelope Pitstop and Wacky Races fame. S- Yes, sorry, just as a quick aside, you are forgetting to mention the part of the film where they do just do a television theme song. Now, yeah, that part is fucking wild. Like, I thought they were going to just do, like, a kind of, like, an aside and then we were going to get, like, maybe 10 seconds of it. No, it's no, 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 yeah. I, I, I kind of liked that, though, because it was integrated in the the fashion of being a montage of showing them. A montage, yeah. yes. Of them, like, growing up and getting older. Yeah. But, like, I just wasn't expecting the whole ass theme song. But then it was. But there were enough references to the original series that uh, I thought it was fun. But it's fucked up that they didn't get Simple Plan back for this one. Is that fucked up? Yeah, it is. Mm, well, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, one of the things that, um, I, I think one of the things that, like, really, really uh, struck me, first of all, was, like, how obvious that they made this, just, like, the intro to a bunch of other properties, because, like, I, uh, I you know, like, I, I just, like, the the introduction of the Rottens and, like, the rest of the dastardly shit was just, like, so... Uh, like obvious that's like oh, okay well this isn't really going to be about this at all and then it was like oh and here's the blue falcon oh and here's here's a bunch of other stuff that like you know i don't know we it's just so 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 bizarre that they just set this up as yeah this is scoob but it's really just a bunch of this other shit yeah it's it's like the structurally it is not a scooby-doo movie or tv episode or anything like that um but to to circle back to what i was going to say about that specifically uh is that i thought that where this was going was they were going to inject all of that stuff and then have it be this kind of movie that basically is but the big reveal at the end was that the blue falcon character the superhero character that gets introduced 
who is another Hanna-Barbera character, was going to be the actual villain. And, the, like, the unmasking was going to be him, like, us realizing as the audience, like, aha, right, he right. was, like, you know, engineering all of this stuff to get people to believe in him as a hero or whatever. Yeah. But, no, it's not that nuanced. <laughs> it's no, not. But, but it's, like, the introduction of Blue Falcon was one of my favorite things because, like, um, the dog also gets introed. Uh, played Dynamite. by Kin, played by Kin Jong, who is like not in in Kin Jong mode, which is like very interesting. It's very to me. strange. Um, which is good. Like, I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah, he's he's not. Yeah, he's not like super. I like on. didn't realize it was Ken Jong until afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I knew I recognized the voice, but I could not place it the entire time until the credits rolled. Yeah. Um, but like my favorite part is just like the disdain with which that dog introduces. He goes, actually, this is, <laughs> this is his, this is the real blue Falcon's large adult son. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> and like Shaggy and Scooby, great line in that film. That, like, and Shaggy that, and Scooby keep calling him Brian for uh-huh. a little while after that. Just like, yeah, for the, yeah, this is very good. Um, yeah, like, there were, uh, honestly, only, I think, two lines in this movie that made me laugh really hard, and that was one of them. I, I also had two laughs. Okay. What was your other one? Both of you. I'm trying to remember. I think it was at the end. Of the uh, mine was when, and, and it's like, it, and it is not, it, it is not contextually funny, so I, I'm gonna set it up, but I can't stress enough. The context is not what made it funny to me, but it's when they get pulled over, when Fred gets pulled over by that cop, and it's like, oh it's, yeah, uh, and it's what's her face from Mad Men, and and uh, she, you know, like, and Fred is just like, oh, I love this hot cop, and then like, <laughs> the cop just takes off a mask, but then you know, grows twenty times the size of yeah. the cop to become Dick Dastardly, <laughs> and just Fred, Fred, it's just Zac Efron's delivery. Of, I'm feeling so many things coupled yeah. coupled with the like great facial animation of that. Yeah, I was like that was actually very good, but like yeah. it's a it's, stupid part for, for for people who are like need to picture this. Like this cop that we're talking about, this cop costume as it turns out to be on Dick Dastardly looks like one of those CG animated Barbie horse adventure movies. It looks like her basically, yes. like much higher budget version of her. Uh, and yeah, they, they recycle back to that joke, uh, once time later on too, which is like, you gotta admit, like, she was a pretty fucking hot for, like, while they're in a jail cell later, like, held by Dick Dastardly, and Daphne's like, focus, Fred! It's, and, like, that's, uh, probably the, the, the callback to that was probably the time that I laughed the most. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, that, that was also very good. On that similar front, this movie looks really good. It is a really good looking, I wanted to say that too, like... The Warner Animation Group is like they're so they're good. very good. Like yeah, I I legitimately think that like the gap between um, Pixar, like if you if you like envision, like if you put Pixar at the top of the list, yeah. then you put DreamWorks and then Warner. I legitimately think that gap between all three is so small it's right now. Because I also I just watched Trolls uh, World Tour. And that move that's a DreamWorks joint, that movie also looks really? great. Yeah. Yeah, that, that movie. Like these like they these the other the big three have gotten so, so, so good at um stylizing their animated stuff in a way that looks uh authentically different. Yeah. 
like because I wouldn't describe this as looking anything like the Lego movie, which is like also a Warner joint. Um, uh, but like well, DreamWorks characters well, still you, kind of have DreamWorks. Would you not disease. put Illumination in that group, or mm, like is that just? Mm, <sighs> I wouldn't put. Sorry, what is it called? What's the studio yeah, called? Illumination. I put... Yeah, I wouldn't put them in the in the top four because fuck Comcast first of all, and also <laughs> no, fuck Comcast banana. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we got and one of also, the minions on the show. That's incredible. There's so many of um, them. You know, one of them had to be. But out of work. those movies, do, if, have you ever thought about why the minions are smooth? <laughs> this is a real thing. It's so they don't have. It's so they don't have to spend budget on trying to render fur. Oh, so that's one thing I was going to say with this too. Actually, like I know it's a joke, but like legitimately, uh, this there's a quality to some of the textures in this movie that like make. That, no, yeah, like, they're like full photorealistic sometimes. Like the seaweed on the sandcastle that Scooby mm-hmm. is hiding from the cops in is like so realistic there's like an almost diorama like quality to some of the shots in this movie that is like again like you said nikki just so totally unique from i think anything not that i'm out there watching a ton of dreamworks or pixar movies these days but feels unique from what i think of when i think of those movies yeah there yeah there are shots that like if you still if you've like got a still of like captain no of blue falcon's fucking i was gonna say captain falcon (laughs) different guy if you got a shot of Blue Falcon's, like, suit, you would be like, wow, this looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's just a lot. They The animators clearly spent a lot of time kind of crafting the visual identity of all of these characters such that it is still very obvious that these are the Scooby-Doo folks that you know and love. Um, but also, like, I don't know. They don't look – they don't have DreamWorks disease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they don't. Yeah, I mean, this this movie was very pleasant to look at in a way that, like, other animation studios uh, typically don't. And I agree with you with the troll stuff. Like, Trolls also looks very good and, like, lush. That I think the studio works really well with color, which is nice. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's definitely a nice thing I want to, like, keep harping on is that this movie looks great. Like, it, it's, it, it is, like, <laughs> it is a weird. It's great to see, but not good to it's watch. It's not, yeah, know? it's not great. I wanted it to be better. I did <laughs> yeah. want it to be better. I, yeah. I expected, like, I think the first, like, 30 minutes of this movie, as weird and jarring as they are sometimes, are very strong overall. Yeah. Because they, like, set up a lot of sight gags and stuff like that that are very clear callbacks to old Scooby-Doo stuff, but also work and are faster than a lot of those old jokes would be because, you know, the modern palette for a lot of these things is, like, much snappier jokes. Right, and, yeah. Kids are, kids are just faster with comedy. Right, yeah. Like, the, the internet just goes directly into their brains now, and they don't have time to sit here and try to puzzle out which of these pictures on this wall is going to move because it looks slightly off-color compared to the pre-rendered background of this shot. And that's a joke for people who watch old <laughs> Hanna-Barbera cartoons and no one else. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I... 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 Mm. This is a weird this is a weird statement and I can't figure out how to frame it any differently. I think Warner Animation Group, which is the the studio that made this underneath the Warner Brothers umbrella, umbrella part of Warner Media. Um I think they fucked up by releasing the Lego movie first. Yeah. Because that movie was so good, anytime they're like we're going to start a thing, I'm expecting it to be as good as the Lego mm. movie was and they have yet to actually hit that 
bar that they set so unbelievably high that like this movie basically like by the 45th minute I was like I wish they gave this to someone else that yeah that's why like, I wish they gave the screenplay to someone else that was like willing to like play with it. yeah that's, oh go ahead I was just gonna say that's famously why Disney took Lord and Miller off of Han Solo because they were like well shit this movie's gonna be too good and the next couple of uh, right. Star Wars movies are definitely not gonna live up to that <laughs> so get Ron Howard in here and just kind of dull this down a little bit for us so that the expectations get lower <laughs> yeah I mean the director of this film uh, Tony Cervoni I'm gonna I'm gonna guess uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah like th- there are a few like kind of odd parts about um one tony cervoni apparently usually works with spike brant which is like another uh another like writer and producer and director in the warner animation kind of stable basically Mm -hmm. but this was like a solo tony gig um and like tony has been like the animation director on things like space jam and stuff like that but it's all stuff that's like it's all stuff that's been like in this like i guess this like this farm system of warner brothers basically and like i i think i agree with the idea that like okay once you got lord miller making lego movie and it does really well the next directors you hire for your stuff probably ought to be like really good yeah um not that's not not to say like i you know i'm not trying to like throw throw this particular director under the bus necessarily but it's like i do think if you're going to shoot your shot and say we're starting the Hanna-Barbera shared cinematic universe and there's a, well, there's no way they could have predicted this was coming, but it's like, and there's basically like stuff working against this film to do well. Um, you know, maybe it would have been a, a forward thinking idea to hire like an outside director who is really, really, really uh, maybe outside the box because this, this definitely just hit a lot of, by numbers kind of things with how exactly you know yeah. kind of animated movies are kind of expected to go uh 100 percent. I, I will say like uh fucking muttley going to hell was not expected that was no that was unexpected yeah i didn't really expect that i didn't expect part. that i also just didn't expect them to literally say the word hell in this film yeah, <laughs> but they but Velma does say hell. In she it. does say hell in it, and there there are moments in this movie where they are very clearly like. And in fact, I it is a thing that I personally would have maybe found funnier or more screen cap worthy if I didn't think like so cynically that oh my god, this feels so clearly designed to be something that is screen capped and shared around to get people to talk about this movie. There is a whole scene set inside of a funhouse where Dick Dastardly. Oh is, yeah going after mm-hmm. Scooby and he just keeps screaming dick 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 <laughs> over and over again and it's like goes just goes a beat too long to the point where I'm just like yeah. oh they are clearly sneaking this one in there to try and get like uh, online perverts like me to go um, show all their friends this thing like this right. is not actually ne- this isn't farm to table organic memes this is like this is yeah, uh, these, are, these are crafted memes these 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 memes are GMO mm-hmm. GMN genetically modified memes. Genetically modified Um, dick. GMD. (laughs) GMD. This team is also working on a Tom and Jerry film. Yes. Oh boy. They are. Um, Which is apparently, weird fact, directed by uh, someone that my parents went to high school with and are very close to, which I did not know. Okay. So that's That's cool. cool. 
<laughs> so I can't talk shit about it. Uh, well, yeah, but but I mean, we can't talk shit about it, but also we could probably go see it early, right? <laughs> probably. Okay. Honestly, you know what's fucked up about the Tom and Jerry film, though? What? Uh, Tom and Jerry are going to be voiced by dead people. Uh, huh? Dead people. I just saw that. No. Yep. There, William Hanna and Mel Blanc are going to be voicing Tom and Jerry from archived voice no, recordings. No, 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 it's, no. It's 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 two voices for Tom and three for Jerry. So Jerry also involves June Foray, who Wait. is a. Also, who did. is a deceased voice actress? Yes, we can't. That's mm, incredible. This is an e- this is a West Coast office hours discussion to have later. I know, <laughs> but I'm just so curious about like the logistics of that, and also the just rotten philosophy that goes into making those choices. Yeah, but the cast though here here's the cast. Cast. Um, <laughs> okay, you read the cast and then I have a sentence to read. Um, I'm gonna try to take it in order of like of uh, unnotable to notable. Uh, so yeah. Patsy Ferran, who cares? Uh, Pallavi Sharda, <laughs> sure. Um, there's Michael Pena, who I love. Michael well, Pena sure. is a great, great uh-huh. actor. Um, Rob Delaney, who is you know a big, big uh, Twitter comedian turned actor. Um, so that's that's cool. Um, Kin Jong, who we just talked about. Oh, um, hey, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say statistically a, that, probable that Kin Jong will be in Kin Jong mode for this one. Mm, yes, gonna uh, gonna say um, that. Chloe <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz, sure. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Who's not a nice person, allegedly. Oh, okay. I haven't heard that. Uh, I I listen. I know a person me who has interacted with her maybe. Um, and she's not. Oh, okay. Well, fuck her then. Uh, and then uh, Colin Jost, who sucks. Ugh, who sucks. Who but... really sucks. And then uh, The Rock. The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who, you know, is the dog. Perhaps one of the like on the on that list of people, probably Ken Jong seems like he's probably okay. I've not heard anything bad oh, about him yet. Sure. Um, I was gonna say Dwayne The Rock Johnson actually probably feels like the person on that list that I feel the best about now. <laughs> after all yeah. of that, yeah. Now, can I read you a sentence? Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, two sentences. Later uh, that month, this was March 2019, it was reported that Peter Dinklage was being considered for the role of Terrence, who is Kayla's boss and the human antagonist of the film. The next sentence. In May 2019, Michael Pena joined the cast in the role that Peter Dinklage was eyed for. Now, how do you think those conversations went? When they were like, this one's for Peter. We wrote this one basically for Peter Dinklage and Peter Dinklage only. And then they were like, actually, what if Michael Pena did it? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't put those two I people in the not, same bucket I would, at I all. I would not put them in the same, not even bucket, but bucket store. I'm like, it's, it's not like, it's, it's, it, that, that's weird though, because <laughs> that's one of those funny like like brain exercises. Because I'm like, there's... <laughs> There's no like like quality difference or like something, but it's just they couldn't be no, two different, different yeah, like, ideas exactly. to me. Yeah. Uh, when, now, Nikki, you said a year in there. When was it announced that Michael Pena was taking over? 2019, May 2019, May, May of last May year. May of last year. How much do you think any decisions about casting and recasting uh-huh. people 
who were in Game of Thrones was affected yeah. by oh, the boy. implosion the of final that show. season yeah. of Game of Thrones. I wonder. Uh, probably non-zero. I, I mean, that's which a, is weird that's because a, that's, that's a bummer them. because that's not Peter Dinklage's fault. No, 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 yeah. no. But that's also that is, I, one thing I would believe 100% that a Hollywood executive would, would do. Yeah. Which is weird because that's the same company. Right, is it, really? it is the same company, and and, and yeah. also like it's. I mean, yes, that's an interesting observation, and I'm not even saying that that's like not what was happening, but we still have to remember that like, if if like fucking George R. R. Martin went to HBO today and was like, oh, I want to basically just do the whole thing over again, they would in a goddamn <laughs> heartbeat. Yeah, um, because I mean, it made them so much money. Totally. And I mean, like, also the stink of that stuff has been so, like, just because of the way that the internet has turned on that stuff is, like, so right. put on those showrunners, which I think rightfully so, to, from what I've heard. I did not watch the oh, final they, season they, of that they, show. They do seem bad, yeah. They seem bad. Yeah. Remember that other show they were going to do for HBO? Oh, that was like the Confederacy? Wh- like, what if, yeah, uh, what the, if the what Confederacy about the Confederate? <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember yeah. how that That would have been anymore? really cool. I wish we should... Ah, uh, listen. Here's the thing. They should have been able to make it. Here's the thing. That's all I'm Here's saying. Here's the thing. That sh- that show should not exist, but I kind of wish it did. <laughs> I, uh, exactly. I, wi- I wish we got that program. Can you imagine a television program called Confederacy releasing in August of 2020? <laughs> with all of this happening right now, a television program called Confederacy going back to back with fucking Euphoria. Oh, my God. Premiering yeah. in August of 2020. Yeah. We were robbed, if you think about it. We were it. robbed. We were robbed. It's not like Westworld is actually better. No, Jesus. God. Man, fuck that show. Jesus Christ. I remember wanting to get Me into too. that show. Was that, is, that, is, that a, is that a show where only one of the seasons is good, just the first oh, one? I'm, I, I am a person who doesn't believe a moment of that show is good. Ah. Westworld is a show where the first season was like very much in the conversation, and then just immediately everybody turned on it the second like season two started, and everybody was like, ah, actually, maybe even season one was bad the whole time. Yeah, but I, now, I was on does, that train the whole time, yeah. Is Chris Pine in that one, or is Chris Pine two in that one? Which Chris Pine? Uh, Chris is Pine in this two. One? James Marsden is in that. James Marsden yeah. is in this one. Okay, correct. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, did you know that they're also making a flip? Sorry. So just we to get back to the film, we could probably get back to Scoob. Is probably mm-hmm. fine. Um. So this extended this extended uh, Hanna no, Barbera no, universe. No. no. Please take what? it one more time. Yep. Sorry. The Hanna-Barbera Shared Cinematic Universe, the HBSCU, will include Thomas and Jerry, the the rat and mouse cat, um, the mouse cat, Wait, cow's mat. That's a Hanna-Barbera. That's a Hanna. That that one's that's a Hanna Barbera. I for some reason never lumped those two together at all. Yeah, but right. You know what also is a Hanna Barbera Flintstones. That I did know. That's coming in twenty twenty three. Oh, taking another stab at that one, huh? Yeah, which is yeah. which is interesting now, because like, <sighs> hmm. I feel like the oh the Jetsons. I, I feel, is also oh the oh well, yeah the jet the Jetsons and Flintstones are basically just the same thing. One of them they is in are. the future. Except, yeah, like that you need to do oh, both of them because you right. need to have the third movie where you find out that the Flintstones are working in the mines underneath the Jetsons' high towers and stuff and are basically producing resources what? for their, like, sci-fi overlords above them. Right. Now, this is not a bit. I know that for a fact just because that's too buck wild of an idea for it to be a bit. 
Now, what picture, what motion picture does that take place in? Because I need to watch it. Mm, I'm sorry to report, Nikki, that this takes place in the Palace of My Mind. And yeah, that you can only get tickets to what? that by visiting me in North Dakota. What? Yeah. That was a bit. yeah. But, All right, I'm on my way. Write the screenplay, but bud. that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good new segment, bit or not a bit. We come up with something <laughs> completely buck wild and just see like if it's believable enough to be construed as real. John, um, I've been kind. I have been sitting on a outline. There is in the notes for Fanwith, the Fanbyte podcast, the flagship Fanbyte podcast. There has been an, a bit exactly like that that I have been sitting on for the past like six months, and just have been one. waiting yeah. for the right moment to do it. Yeah, it's a pretty anyway. good, one. It's a good bit. Uh, there is a film. Uh, that there is a Jetsons film already, and it was made in 1990, and it's got some really, really Wait. wild early uh, CG in it. Um, Wait, there was a Jetsons movie? Yes, there was. It was an animated film. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's like uh, the the sp- uh, uh, Spacely, uh, Cosmo Spacely, the, the Spacely Sprockets guy. Yeah. He opens a mining colony on an asteroid. Um, and it's like a really, it's wild. It's like they basically uncover, you know, like people who live on the fucking asteroid or whatever and... And they're like, you know, basically uh, sucking all the resources out. And what the fuck? I'm looking it, at this now. And it's got an unbelievably dark um, lighting situation, which seems weird because it is a it is an animated Why film. So but like, dark. it is a it's a weirdly dark film. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm watching the trailer now. It looks like, also some of this CG is is delicious. It's very good. Yes. What does this look like? This looks like you know how like Spike TV or TNN or whatever used to have animated uh-huh. series like like uh, Doctor Cats and Ren and Stimpy and that like whole hour of animation Stripperella. This looks like it's shot like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The Jetsons made by Stripperella creator <laughs> Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Yeah. God, I forgot about that. Oh my god. <laughs> Wouldn't that wouldn't that have been amazing as the as Stan Lee's legacy in the MCU if that like you know uh, the the tenth film of the MCU is Stripperella and and, and they, oh, wow. they go they go to the strip club and there Stan Lee is is a patron that's his uh, fucking cameo and he's like ah oh, show me that butt and it's just like <laughs> all right that was Stan Lee's cameo in this one Pamela 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 um. How do you think they're gonna fucking work Blue Falcon into the Jetsons and Tom and Jerry? Well, like, it's really weird because, like, this is an example of them being so unbelievably obvious that this is a bigger story that they're trying to tell, but they do absolutely nothing to indicate how they're going to tell it, other than, like, they're going to show up. But that's that's how it was in the cartoons, though. When there would be, like, when there would be, like, crossover episodes or events or, like, you know, Penelope Pitstop would show up in, like, a, you know, a different thing or... You know, Dick Dastardly showed up in like six different properties. Like, it's yeah. not a big thing. And I mean, like, there there was literally a Scooby Doo series specifically dedicated to every episode, just having a random character show up. That's uh, true from a yep. different thing. Like, Batman would oh. just be there, and they'd just be like, "Oh, Batman!" You know, like Batman. He's just a guy who lives in Gotham and stuff like that. And everybody's right. just like, "Oh yeah, we've never mentioned Batman in the entire cinematic milieu of Scooby Doo, but it doesn't matter. Everybody in this franchise knows who they are. Is going to talk to them like a normal person, and then they'll never mention them again." Uh huh. That's fucked yeah. up. 
Um, can I tell? Can do y'all want to know what the last uh, Jetsons piece of product was? Uh, I would oh love boy. to know. Yeah. Oh boy! It was released in two thousand and seventeen. What? And it was called the Jetsons and WWE yep. Robo WrestleMania. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, I actually, yeah. I, I actually remember this. I think John Cena was in it. John Cena is in uh, a lot of those. He's in a Scooby Doo movie. The big oh no, John Cena was in the Scooby Doo thing. Uh, this was Roman Reigns, The Big Show, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Seth Rollins is there. The, the Usos are there. Oh, and Vince McMahon. Oh. Vince McMahon was in it. Oh, good. As as himself, Mr. McMoon. Mr. McMoon. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because Mr. McMoon is a character that he plays. Vince McMahon is a, is the real man. It's a whole thing. And I guess there were like uh, just they were all robots. So there's Roman. It's oh my god. Wait, it's Westworld. Back to Westworld. Yeah. So it's basically wrestling robots, and it's like Roman Reigns as Roman Reigns bot. Oh my god. And Big Show as Big Show bot. But then, Um, but then this is this is really good. Uh, Seth Rollins is Reactor Rollins. Wait, why does he get a different? I don't know. He he has a better agent. I yeah, had a better deal. I do love that, like, the implication here is that, well, the Jetsons takes place in the future, so of course John Cena is dead. Roman Reigns is dead. <laughs> dead and dust. So, but they were such important cultural figures that we had to make robotic simulacra of them to entertain us here in the future. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that is... This is horrible. I forgot that this existed. Um... Scuba's weird. So they go to hell. Um Yeah, they do go to hell. And they and they basically learn that uh Scooby is a uh, descendant of Alexander the Great's dog, which <laughs> just uh, honestly Girl. just opens a can of worms Tough. that we don't even need to get into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Scooby's ancestor was a fascist dog. Right. Uh, so it's like okay. Sure. Uh the, also, but the speed at, the speed at which Velma does twenty three and me on the goddamn dog in the back of the <laughs> van is funny. remarkable. I mean, it's just like she she was like, show me a scrolling list of Great Danes. Oh, yeah, yeah, she, <laughs> she said, show me dog, and then Minority Report no. back to Alexander the Great. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking yeah, sense. Yeah, it, it was like a picture of Scooby Doo, a bunch of JPEGs from Google Image Search of a of a Great Dane, and then it just gets to a crude drawing of Scooby Doo in a vest, basically. Also, Scooby is fucking like mm, this is asking for a level of like mm, understanding and like logic that this movie is just not interested in, which is uh-huh. fine. But it's Scooby is literally a stray dog that doesn't have a name or an owner at the beginning of this movie. Who has the genealogical record? to show who Scooby was born yeah, from yeah. and everything like that. Literally doesn't have a name. The The explanation for how Scooby gets a name in this, which I actually thought was kind of clever, is that the Scooby Snacks, the branded snack food that Scooby and Shaggy both eat throughout the Scooby-Doo franchise, yeah. is not named after the dog, this random dog that rolls around with these teens yeah. in a van. But in fact, Scooby is named after the snacks because Shaggy needs to come up with a name for him so that the cop doesn't take Scooby away. Uh, because legally you can't arrest or take a dog away if it has a middle name. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is legitimately funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good bit, bit honestly. Um, they are just ginger snaps now, right? I'm sorry, what? The Scooby Snacks? No. I thought they were dog food oh. for the longest time, and I thought the joke was that they were for the dog Scooby and 
uh, Shaggy just liked to eat yeah. them. But now I am realizing that they were just cookies. And they look exa- they look like ginger snap cookies. I mean, in a pup named Scooby-Doo, they're like these weird kind of like Cheetos. And they have these yeah. different yeah. colors and shapes that give him different power-ups, if I remember correctly. Like, oh, that's a blue one. And the blue one makes him go real fast or something like that. I swear that's a thing. Uh, in Scooby-Doo, the mystery begins. It's revealed that Shaggy made up the recipe, which includes eggs, water, flour, cocoa, sugar, and dog kibble. So he puts chocolate in it. The dog, the dog can't eat chocolate. Yeah, and then in 2016, he comes up with a new recipe that's just grapes, onions, and chocolate. I can't believe that Scooby. chocolate in there. The joke there, Stephen, is that dogs are deathly, deathly allergic to onions and uh, and grapes as well. So, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. They, those weird bears can't eat that. No, yeah. those weird bears can't eat uh, raisins. Noted cat person, Steven Strom, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> garlic also very uh, bad. Oh, yeah. Garlic. Dark can't do garlic. Yeah. Um, Wait, what can they eat even? I mean, really? Guy. Um, I, can, I, can I just pull back the curtain a second on what being a dog owner is like? It's like a yeah. Google knowing that I'm about to Google can a dog eat this so fast that like when i write the word can it just auto fills my dog and then like i fill in okay like watermelon or whatever <laughs> and it's basically it most of the time it's like yeah they can eat it but it has a ton of sugar in it so don't like feed it a bunch and so yeah, they will yeah. get do you want to know shitty. the basic right. list steven of what dog can't eat wait say what do you want to know the basic list of what dog yeah can't please eat? Chocolate, macadamia nuts, raisins, avocados, eggs, salt, which is weird. Garlic, That's not yeast, tr- wait, dough. There's no way that dogs can't eat salt because salt is just yeah. In salt, everything. salt Salt's is wrong. Everything. I think I think it's just like don't give your dog salt cubes. <laughs> um, corn on the cob, presumably because they'll choke on it to death. Maybe unclear. Coffee, milk, <laughs> cream corn, from okay, guy, uh, and onion. Onion. Mm. Yeah. No onion. No onion. No onion for dogs. Um, um, I do. This just also brings up a complete other different tangent for the not other different tangent, but it does bring up a thing that I just realized, uh, John, which it is pretty fucked up to me personally that you named your dog after a thing that she can never she have. She can just never to, eat. Yeah. 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 Just ta- just taunting Raisinette yeah, I, every time you call out to her. Yeah. Our French bulldog is named Raisinette, and she that's a double whammy for her. Is just like chocolate yeah. and raisins, so yeah. it's just well not. You good should for give her. her one at the end, uh, so she can experience. Wow, Jesus! Not not to be grim. Set up the very dark. Good God! <laughs> content warning for putting your dog down. Uh, of just like yeah, I'm at the fucking McGrath veterinarian. They light a they light a candle at the front. You can hear me rip into a bag of raisinets in the back, and I go, "Here you go. This is what we named you after." As she drifts into the after. That's yeah. Okay. Jesus Christ, is that grim? I think that's kind of cute. Not- Yes, it's like it's like you're putting your chicken to sleep, and you're like, "Here's a chicken nugget for you." <laughs> Don't you want to know what the forbidden flesh tastes like as you drift into the next? No. Oh my god. Okay. 
only you can take the secret with you to the grave. <laughs> right. If if I'm if I'm about to be killed in the United States penal system, you know how you get to request one meal? <laughs> can I request human? Yeah, I want to eat my cellmate. Take him with me. <laughs> And can I request to eat myself? Like, can like they're gonna kill me anyway? Can I just have them cut a little bit of my thigh out? Oh my god! Oh my god! Hi. But no, that's that's how you get the Twilight Zone ending. Because you know how they can't like uh, legally try to kill you more than once if they fuck it up the first time. It's like they're going to yeah. cut off both of your legs. You're gonna eat them, and then they're gonna try to kill you, and they're gonna fuck it up, and you're gonna be like, "Well, you get to go now, but you don't have any legs." And the governor called and said, "You get a stay of execution. And you don't have any legs." Anyway. You look like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frodo from Sin City. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for joining our backdoor pilot for the Hannibal podcast we're going to do uh, when, it, when it airs in, on Netflix. So, um, yeah, this was a weird one. I mean, was there anything else notable about it? I mean, like, they, they basically capture uh, Dick Dastardly. Um, and I keep re- the, the Gresham police show up very late. Yeah. Very late. <laughs> the cops, like, they should, they're in this movie a lot, but crucially, never in it at any point that, like, a space battleship Yamato dick dastardly, like, mothership is floating just above, like, normal yeah. cityscapes and, like, shooting lasers at people. Right. Um, here's a question that I. I have in my mind, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to see if I'm right about this because I can't remember. Okay. While you do that, isn't it really weird that that um, Scooby and Shaggy are shocked that Blue Falcon is alive if they're on the second Blue Falcon already? Presumably, right. wouldn't they have both known that Blue Falcon was extant and real? If there's a a big ship, a real robot dog, and a random black woman that they found, <laughs> um, <laughs> who seems to be just doing all of the yeah, work anyway, like which whatever of the work, yeah. <laughs> Dee Dee is she such has a, a cool character. staff. <laughs> she has a cool staff, and then the ability at the end of the movie, they just give her the ability to basically just fly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like that's weird. There is a Captain Caveman's in it. We didn't talk about how Tracy, Tracy Morgan is in, in this for like 20 minutes. Yeah. That yeah. was weird. Um, I, fights Dee Dee. I completely thought that Snidely Whiplash was also in Hanna-Barbera. Which one is that? The Snidely Whiplash is a Rocky and Bullwinkle villain. Oh, okay. But he looks and acts exactly like Dick Dastardly. Yeah. There's probably that what what's that Canadian Mountie cartoon? That was a thing, right? That's it. That's Dudley Do Right. He's the Dudley he's Do-Right. the he is actually the arch enemy of Dudley Do Right, but he was also in um oh, Rocky okay. yeah. I was literally going to say, like, I'm pretty sure he had a villain like that too. I didn't realize it was literally the same dude. Played by Alfred Molina in the Brendan Fraser live action oh movie Dudley Do Right. I forgot that happened. I forgot there was a Didn't live they also movie. make they also made a Rocky and Bullwinkle film. Oh, yeah. Which I with saw Piper in theaters. Parabo. I saw in theaters, yes. Yeah, with, with uh, they are going on a cross-country road trip with Piper Parabo, who is an FBI agent throughout that movie. Right. And uh, they need to get Rock, uh, Bullwinkle's, like, college degree or something. What's his, Sean, uh, no, sorry, not Sean Alexander, Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander's. And Rene yeah, Russo, yeah. They play, they play, uh, they, they play uh, Boris and Natasha, respectively. 
And they also have a whole, like, legal technicality bit in that movie where they go to court and just, like, like, the whole joke is that they're, like, trying to um, uh, arrest Rocky and Bullwinkle and Whoopi Goldberg is the judge and uh, they, wow. like, go on trial and then uh, they realize that it, uh, like, they say the name Rocky and Bullwinkle out loud and then Whoopi Goldberg is like, wait, give me my glasses. And she wears her glasses, revealing that this entire time she didn't realize that she was talking to cartoon characters. Yes. And then says, oh, well, you guys are fine. You guys can leave uh, and go. You can't be arrested because, and she pulls out, like, a law book and says, celebrities are above the law. Legally, uh -huh. you can just yep. leave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know what her name was in that movie? Her character's name? No. Judge Cam. Okay, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Too. That's a good. That's a good. Dude. Um, other things about that movie that I've forgotten. Uh, uh, Keenan and Kel are both in it. Uh, really? So this, yeah, that yeah that track. This was back in uh, 2000 when they were still like kind of in an in between like Nickelodeon and their next thing yeah, kind of like mode. post Good Burger pre SNL. Mm -hmm. Um, I had the by the way had the biggest crush on Piper Paravo, so I definitely oh yeah sure. this movie. We all um, saw Coyote Ugly. Of course I did, because yeah, my friends and I are perverts, and we went to the the Studio Movie Grill in Plano, Texas, to see Coyote Ugly. God, that movie good is movie. bad. Yeah, yeah, that movie is terrible. Um, anyway, yeah, it's Nightly Whiplash, not at all a uh, Hanna Barbera character. No. Okay. That movie cost $75 million and made $35 million. Mm, mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. It's a clunker, huh? <laughs> wow. That's a bad one. Ooh, that's Studios. Uh, this is a thing. And I think Scoob maybe is going to fall into this a little bit. Maybe not as much because they've done a better job of just keeping that brand strong. But there is a weird sort of... Every five years, every three to five years, a, a movie based on something that only mm, pe like white dude, like cishet, fifty-year-old dudes remember and care right. about, and they're like, "What if we made a huge, big-budget, star-studded version of that for children today?" And then those children are like, "What the fuck is Rocky and Bullwinkle?" Yeah, so, yeah. So you're saying we're three years away from a Beavis and Butthead? Oh yeah, no. Oh my god, yeah. We're 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 a few years away from the MTV cinematic universe where Beavis and Butthead yeah. have a movie and at the end like Daria shows up and then uh oh, no. yeah. yeah and, and then SpongeBob is there because they're connected now and then weirdly enough Jeff Jeff Gersman shows up yeah. and then Jeff's there Jeff Gersman introduces the entire only season of Mission Hill and is like no. here's Mission Hill it's not very good. And then he gets fired because the company wanted him to say Mission Hill was good. And then he, and then he starts Giant Bomb 2. And, you know, uh, oh. and there we go. You know, I we joke, but I think I would be down for another stab at a movie. Especially now that I feel like CG movies are like more of an acceptable thing. Especially like Even now, like adult animation is more of an acceptable thing now. Right. I would be down for a reboot of Eon Flux at this point. Oh, like that, sure. That, that, yeah. that live-action movie they made was terrible, oh, but was, that doesn't mean bad. they couldn't do it again. Yeah. Do you remember when Charlie Theron was in bad movies sometimes? Yeah, well, like, most of the time, and then that just kind of flipped. <laughs> yeah, she had a really interesting career where she was, like, in, in very bad things, and then a few really good things, and we were like, oh, so she's good. And then it's like, so oh, she... <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 you made Ultravi... Oh, no, that was that was a different no, person. That's, that was Mila Jovovich. We made Aeon yeah. Flux and, like, all this other stuff uh, that was terrible. Um, 
and then started making good movies again. She's in Arrested Development. Yeah, playing a uh, uh, capital P problematic character. Oh, yeah. In the year of our Lord 2020. It was yeah. problematic then, to be totally yeah. honest. It certainly didn't age any better. It did not age well, no. Um, okay. Well, we should, I mean, we could probably close the door on Scoob, huh? I wanted this to be better <laughs> yeah. than it was. Me, yeah, same. Same. Same, like the like I think I said it earlier. The entire time I wish they gave it to someone else. Yeah. Because this movie, like, I don't know, it it could have been a sneaky Lego Movie style thing, uh, and it wasn't. Just because, like, I mean, let's see. During the credits, they do they do set up, um, like, so Brian basically forms the Falcon Force, which is another Hanna Barbera thing. And that's like Captain Caveman, Jabberjaw, Adamant, and Ugh. Grape Ape. Um, oh my God! That's... And then Muttley basically breaks dastardly out of prison. So we we have something coming, I guess. That's um, such like D-list Hanna Barbera type stuff that I again just feels who like is this the... for yeah. Like, yeah. like all this stuff is in my mind is so dated. It's it's mm-hmm. not like Looney Tunes, which even has its own issues in this realm, where or or even like the older Mickey Mouse stuff that which like they so deftly uh updated like yeah. two years ago. They Kingdom like hearts. real No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stupid. No. Uh, no. But it's like those animated shorts that they started doing a few years ago yeah. for the Disney. Yeah, yeah. Was, like, really, 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 really good. Really good. Um, and like I'm I'm weirdly hopeful for Looney Tunes on HBO Max. Like I feel like like, you know, if they learn the right lessons because aside from the racist ones, and there are mm-hmm. ra- there are deeply there, racist there Looney Tunes cartoons. Uh-huh. Uh, where basically where they're just exploring quote deepest Africa, which is just black as night on the map. Um, that's like a good four or five of those. Um, like aside from that, some of those are still for me, incredibly funny. Yeah. 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 And, and like, if they update that, that's cool. The, the Scooby, the Hanna-Barbera like stuff, the expanded thing. The only thing that even approaches timelessness to me is the Flintstones. Like it even approaches it, but like Scooby Doo and all this stuff feels so dated to me, and it never, like I feel like that's what the the smartphones and the like the Spotify and all that stuff was doing was like trying to say, hey, like we're bringing this up to speed, but like nothing else did that. Here's the right. here's the thing that I think really captures just like how much this movie is trying, but also just completely falls off the mark. Which is there's that line when they talk to the lady who runs the bowling alley, who is like describing how Shaggy talks, and she's right. like, yeah. she's like, he puts like at the beginning of every word that he's saying, almost like a middle aged dude's version of what a teenage hippie would sound like. And the problem with that joke <sighs> is anybody hearing, like any child hearing that joke, isn't like, oh, it's so funny that they like get that this is outdated it, right. any child hearing that is like what the fuck is a hippie <laughs> <laughs> right yeah 100 percent um like it's 22 it's 20 years too late it's like the like this kind of update for scooby-doo would have worked 20 years ago and i feel like it kind of did with the whole scooby-doo on zombie island thing they kind of struck gold with that style of reboot in like taking the whole idea of scooby-doo being a thing where it's always a fake monster at the end and saying like right. what if we just turn it on its head and it's just like here's weird cat people like Stephen King's sleepwalkers and also zombies and right. 
then they just kept making those for a, a number of years, and then it finally got to, like, D-tier, Disney, straight-to-video, Fate of Atlantis sequel-type shit. Uh, got real bad eventually, but, like, for a while there, when I was a kid, Scooby-Doo was kind of relevant again for a while. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, they kept it relevant with a ton of reruns and stuff on Cartoon Network, and, um, and, and other networks as well, so, yeah, I Boomerang. mean... Yeah, Boomerang, for sure. Um, was... Um... Did I? Did y'all catch a single weed reference in this movie? No. Okay. No. Did you? No, I didn't. I mean, I mean, his his name is Scooby Dooby Doo. Well, yeah, but like, but like, they they opened a a fucking PI like a detective agency on Venice Beach, and yeah. they're obsessed with food, and it's just like there's something so weird about like all of these signposts being there about like, yeah, Shaggy's just like fucking blazing it like 24 seven, mm -hmm. but like never, ever, ever having like even remotely the intention or desire to like point that out. I'm not saying that would have improved anything. It's just such a, like, it's, I don't know. It's just such a funny thing to have that characterization in a, what is ostensibly like a, an attempt to start a like children's uh, media empire uh, up again. I don't know. It's just really funny to me. It, um, this movie is like way too sanitized for that. I feel like there's yeah. nothing in this movie that gets that nearly that edgy enough, even for a thing that is like largely legal <laughs> now. It's like, like straight up Scooby and Shaggy are supposed to be like potheads in that original series. That's what they're basically meant to elicit. And yeah, it's just like, no, we can't even use that bit of the source material for any kind of like comedy in this movie because that is not the thing that we are going to allow here. Uh, this is going to be very by the numbers from beginning to end. We're not going to even have, like, the... Again, it, it felt like the Blue Falcon turning out to be the villain thing might have been an interesting twist on it in, like, an Incredibles, like, the original Incredibles type of way. Um, and might have, like, opened up the door to have some conversations about some stuff. But just, right. no, it's just Dick Dastardly is the bad guy. And yep. they go to hell and fight a big giant ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Scoob is whatever it's uh 20 bucks right now to rent um 25 to own 25 to own which like yeah i mean uh, often and this is also very anecdotal and i'll just say it briefly often when those things happen and like amazon is like hey you can you can own this for like five bucks more i typically if i think i'm gonna like it i usually spend that extra money because i might want to watch it again I'll just say that I rented this one and I don't regret doing that. So wow, um, wow. I did not. Twenty dollars is wow, wow, wow. twenty dollars is still too much for a rental of this movie. By the well, way, well, like okay, but but here's the thing: in Fargo, North Dakota, I think I agree with you. In mm. in Los Angeles, this was twenty bucks for two people to see a movie, which is like which is it, okay, which right. is impossible. Like you never ever yeah. see that. So. Yeah, and now that AMC A-list is 100% dead, which rest in peace to a real one, um, yeah, movies will never be this cheap again. Yeah, yeah. So that's why for folks it. in New York and L.A., this 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 setup rules, honestly. Um, but like everywhere else, I, I don't think it's that good of a deal. But uh, yeah, you can get it now on Amazon. Um, it kind of joins a bunch of other movies that, um, you know, are, are basically releasing at home while no theaters are open. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> generating some drama around that as well oh my god i mean that's the best uh also apparently this is outpacing trolls world tour um, really yes which is i the thing the thing with that is th this movie had more lead time to tell people yes, that it was coming that's out. that's true 
not like there are billboards outside of my house that used to just be with for scoob but now they say watch scoob yep at yep. home and like they didn't end up doing that for trolls until like like literally yeah. days right. before yeah no, 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 but okay. they've had like no i I'm, I'm not saying it has anything to do with quality i think it's just interesting that we're seeing a uh like an improved performance of these films that are uh, airing first at home so the other the other thing i will say about that too and i think this really goes for trolls as well is that we are reaching a point now where students have been like school year is not over yet in the united states and stu like kids are at home a lot with parents who are also largely at home and i bet we're reaching a point now where parents are just like i will do anything to stop watching the same disney movie the same episode of paw patrol 75 times I'll, i need something else to get my kid i to need watch. different cop dog content yeah uh-huh exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, and who like I, but I genuinely think that is part of it too is just like parents looking for anything to get their kids distracted for a little bit because kids who have been like cooped up right now like children's media and streaming stuff is going to probably fare so well during all of this right, right. now I, yeah. or anything that's anything that's like uh, you know acceptable for children or that people think is acceptable for children is probably just good, going to do gangbusters and I bet that will not go away I bet like from now on way more bigger studio stuff is going to realize that like children move, children's movies in particular are extremely valid things to just put straight to streaming like this yeah I agree um, Nikki hey where can we find you online you can find me online at Godsua, G-O-D-S-E-W-A, on Twitter.com. Steven, where can we find you online? That's at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M, on Twitter.com. If for some reason you want to find me, you can find me at Floppy Adult. Uh, on Twitter, you can also find Fanbyte at Fanbyte Media. Jack still won't release at Fanbyte to us. Jack. Like, what? Jack. Fuck, Jack. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Jack? How did you um, do this to us? I Why would you do this to us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Fanbyte. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. On, you know, get off Facebook forever, but we are there as well. Um, you can find all of our podcasts in one place, fanbyte.com slash podcast. Or you can subscribe to one of our three feeds. There's Fanfight, which is uh, wrestling, MMA, and sports related, uh, which is very good. Uh, there's fan uh, fanbyte FM, which is uh, I, we used to say shorter content. That's just bogus. It's like news and uh, like basically like I don't know, just like personal series and little off -topic things and conversations. kind of off-topic stuff. But it's uh, it's good. It's 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 a you know it's it's one of those feeds that's doing some work for us. You know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's but good. We got thoughts that we need to get out there in the world. Yeah. And Fanbyte it, FM is like <laughs> the Wild West and it will yeah. allow us to do that. It's 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 a good feed. Uh, there's also the FanWidth feed, which is what you're listening to right now. Uh, it's got FanWidth, our flagship podcast, which is great. As well as you love to see it and a bunch of other cool stuff, including our like reviews of games that we uh, sometimes do. Been a little while uh, since we've done one of those because, mm. I don't know, maybe the games industry is slowing down a little bit. Uh, mm. But that's fine um hey gosh. while you're out there finding all of our podcasts if you could just like leave us a rating and a review yeah. just to like feed that algorithm you know people say at the end of podcasts usually that it really does help that what they mean is that the media industry is fed into a big giant robot that 
uses an algorithm to determine what people need to listen to and what they don't. So every time you rate and review us, you are legitimately helping us by making the numbers think that we exist. Uh, so if you could just leave a rating and a review on all of our stuff or any of our stuff that you feel strongly about, I would recommend going off and doing that. Please. Please. That would be very good. Um, Nikki, do you want to send us out? Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Where are you? We've got some, we got work, some to work to do now. now. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? I need some help from you now. Don't come back. Have a Scooby snack. That's a fact. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? I got some work to do now. Oh, he's going, he's going for the whole thing, Okay, can y'all keep your can y'all keep your recording going for a second? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can the three of us individually come up with the funniest thing that Scooby could say in that voice, and then and then each go around and doing it? Because I'll put it at the end of the episode. Okay. I can't. I don't have a Scoob, but okay. Do Are I... you gonna go? Oh no! You go. Oh, Someone you else literally don't. Okay. Bush did 9 11. Fuck you, John. That's, That's what literally the what fuck I was going to say. I was going to say. Impossible. I am not fucking joking. No. That is exactly what I was going to fucking say. I had it lined up. I was like thinking. I had it. I put it into Google so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> <laughs>